0: And a great big hello again, everyone, to Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com. The number, as always, is 201-939-4513. I am Russ Salzberg, joined today by former Super Bowl champion Jeff Eagles. Hi, Russ. And uh, how we doing, Jeff, and you people out there? And you know what? Five and eight, you know, after you've been one and seven, five and eight feels pretty darn good. It, it, it yeah, really four, does. Four uh, and five. Yeah, four out of five. Look, everybody laughed. The, I mean, I was there when uh, Odell said, yeah, well, I, I never get it. People. Th- he was asked a simple question. He didn't say it in a braggadocio way. He wasn't like a guarantee. He said, what, what are you looking to accomplish the second half? Win all eight games. Well, you know what? Ha-ha, chuckle, chuckle. What is he, nuts? They've won four out of five. <laughs> really? Coulda, woulda, shoulda. It's not very easily been five out of five, and all of a sudden, you know, in this crazy cuckoo season, people are still uh, wishful thinking, needing all kinds of help, but uh, keeping hope alive that they can do something. To me, Jeff, bottom line is this. Let them, we were talking about it over lunch. Let them just go out and continue to win games, and whatever happens, happens. But listen, if, if they can go to eight and eight, I mean, for crying out loud! Even if they were seven and nine after the one and seven star, that's pretty darn good.
1: Yeah,
2: I mean, if, as a player, you just come in every week and go to work and let the chips fall where they may. Going, going forward, um, you know, there's this is a tale of two two halves of the season, and I think that you know the coaches like to look at it as quarters. I've said this before. Um, in that third quarter, they were three and one, okay, and now they're one and zero oh in the fourth quarter. So divide those up by four, It's where you get your sixteen games and. I think you make a good point, and I think it's it's relatively speaking, is that if you can get to those numbers, seven and nine, eight and eight, um, you've accomplished a lot, especially in the second half of the season. And and I said it earlier um, last week, and, and one of the one of the things on the pregame show that I had mentioned before this game had even happened, not knowing that it was going to be a blowout like this, is the fact that this team now believes Russ that they can win, and I don't think they really did that at the beginning of the season. And I think then it shows you that in the Bears game, they were able to win a game. In overtime, um, and now they're able to win a division game on the road, um, a big, big way, a big time. Now let's not let's not code anything here that the Redskins were not—they're not very good. No, no. Well, <laughs> but,
0: let's let's. You know what? You, you're right. But and the but is this. Listen, we know what. But their they op- won the game. We know what their offense was like. The Redskins' defense you know, is decent. They, yes, and yeah. and you know what? And they players. ran through
3: it.
2: Yeah, they got some players there, and um, unfortunately. The culture there is, is not good because of injuries, and that's just what happens. But you know what, you got to play the person on your schedule, and you got to win those games, and they've done it. Now they got to go on, and and we kind of went over some of the, and we're not going to go over the scenarios of the Giants making the playoffs. I mean, it's just crazy what has to happen. But bottom line is they have to win three games. Well, yeah, they get forget folks. If you
0: want to just start there. If you want to <laughs> dream, continue to dream, but the dream ends if once the Giants lose, as far as the playoffs. They have to continue to win. They have
2: to win. Yeah. And a lot of people, you know, too, Russ, is that, that the Giants are out of the division running. They, so they've been eliminated from the division. They can't win the division, which they had a better chance of winning, getting a playoff berth through the wild card than they did winning the division. You know, Going into this game, I think that we were talking to Danny, our buddy, who said it was a 15% chance of winning the division as of last no, week and, and a was, 35% yeah. chance of going to the playoffs. 35% folks, not 35 it's still thirty-five percent. I mean, hey, there's days when we go out there and say, "Yeah, you know, it's thirty-five percent chance of rain." Do you think it's going to happen? Right, probably not. <laughs> but going to be sunny. But there's a chance. Let, let me pose this
0: question to you, Jeff, because you were a former player. The, you know, as as our friend Bill Parcells used to tell us, you, "You are what your record says you are." If if you go eight and eight. Let's say you go eight and eight, and but it was a season of you won two, you lost one, you 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 won one, you lost three. You you follow what I'm saying? As opposed to the one and seven, when you go one and seven, and then if you can end up eight and eight, and it's still an if, if you can end up eight and eight, you tell me, is, is it better? We we'll, we'll, we'll c- call it a dark cloud having a, a silver lining because not only you know the eight and eight winning and losing, winning and losing is one thing, but when you come back from the dead, when everybody mm-hmm. the vultures were swirling and <laughs> everything was around you, and
2: you come back from that, it, it becomes does it become a character builder? Oh, no question. I, I, I mean, I, I it, you think about this: would you rather have a one and seven start or a one and seven finish? Oh. I mean and there's probably there, you can argue both ways it's going to hurt you one of the one one way it's going not going to be good but I think that it's a different team going into next season um, so you can't say hey you know yeah you can say we live we won and we kind of went out on a winning note and we did a good that is that is some good but you got to remember there's still a lot of turnover this team is young um, and there's going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of new people on the team next year so the record in 2018 doesn't really mean anything but what's for the guys that are here and that are going to stay here and they're going to be on the team next year, they can look back on it, saying, "Hey, you know what? We finished on a seven and one, or five and two, or, or five and three run, whatever it is, rather than that one and seven. But it builds character, Russ. Like you said, it builds a lot of character in the locker room, knowing that one to seven, they're they're throwing us to the wolves, they're writing the scripts. So, I mean, this is it. Pat Shermer is a he's a horrible coach. Um, Ordell, this and that, and they're not using Barkley. But you know what? This team. And coaching staff and we've talked about this on the show they've had to learn how to get along how to play together how to coach together and this, this is what happens when the team is so young and they start to build and
0: they stuck together well they,
2: they really did
0: this is a different group than last season no question They stuck together and this get
2: go. and this is what and you you'll agree with me here Dave Gettleman on purpose went out and got some guys around the locker room to build this chemistry to build the cohesiveness of this team going forward. Um, yeah, you know, people say you know the Giants were built to win this year. Whatever you want to do, they're, teams are trying to win every year, and, and no matter who you are in the locker room, guys, we're trying to win the game every single week. We could care less about draft picks. We could care less about any of that kind of stuff. You want to win, and yeah. I think that the culture here has been built around some good quality individuals on this team.
0: Yeah, you, 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 that's a great point that you make because some of the guys like – that that he brought in. You know, I'll, I'll, maybe not your your biggest stars, but guys like Michael Thomas, mm-hmm. Michael Thomas, guys like um Russell Shepard. He he's brought in guys who are real character guys in that locker room and first-year guys who are leaders in that locker mm-hmm. room. It really does. He knew what he was doing. He he really, you know, it wasn't just it's not just talent, it's culture. What I'm really enjoying now the old bandwagon, the old Eli bandwagon is starting to They, they put look, the wheel back on. Yeah, they're putting the wheels back on and people are looking to hop on. <laughs> the narrative is the, the narrative is all screwed up now. And you know, I, I've said this before, I will say it again. Forget about athletes. He is Eli Manning, the most even killed individual I have ever met. And mm-hmm. I, I mean that. I mean he just that's that's what makes him Eli. You know, he weathered all the crap. He had to hear all the BS. All last year, yeah, running them out of town. This year, after two games, oh, the the same people who were sticking up for him when he was benched at two and nine were the same people who. Oh, and that terrible. Oh, they needed to draft a quarterback. What the hell were they doing? The wrong guy. Oh, they're gonna, you know. Rue the day when they passed on Donald, and and you know they took Saquon Barkley. Yeah, how's that working out?
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> has, working out pretty good. How's Saquon
0: working out? Working yeah. out okay? Yeah. yeah. Okay.
2: He is he is becoming uh, when we talk about leadership My God. and we talk about um, young guys making a quick impression, um, both on the field and off the field. He is quietly becoming one of the one of the big leaders on this team as a rookie. And I mean not not only in the running back room. But in the locker room now, and the thing that Odell, you know, I still think that when you look at this locker room, Odell is the alpha male. Let's 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 put it out there. okay? Mm -hmm. he is. But, you know, these two guys are connected. They're going to be around. So no matter what you guys think, we know that Saquon is going to be here. And there's many people that say, oh, well, is is Odell going to be here? He's not going to be. No, he just signed a three a, a, a huge deal, folks. These two are connected at the hip. They're two guys that are can lead in the locker room in different ways. But, uh, you know, he, Saquon is kind of, not only is he doing it on the field, which is absolutely so much fun to watch, this young man. Yeah, he, he's, uh, like I've said this, he, he was
0: on our pregame show, not this past, for this past week, the week before. And he just, um, his attitude,
2: it, 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 it's, it's just, it's, it's remarkable. One, he, uh, one of the things that I heard, you're going to love this. One of the, and you might have known this already, but I had just heard this the other day. Um, in fact my wife told me this because she's a big giants fan she's a big football fan she's she knows football god only knows she's been around it a long time right <laughs> he's been around you a long time yeah so but she said to me the other day that that um two people that saquon barkley idolized before coming to the giants were one eli manning and one derek jeter i mean you talk about two guys that you want to model yourselves out of that's two guys that i could think of that there no question that's pretty awesome. Well, I
0: it, it's
2: that's really interesting that you mentioned Derek Jeter. And I was wrong. We just had
0: him on this past Sunday, Saquon. Um, I forgot, but the the shows go into one another. But I said to Saquon, I said, and I and I meant this. I have never seen a rookie. And I included, and I said to Saquon, the icon Derek Jeter. Mm-hmm. I have never seen a rookie come into town, with his. A star rookie. And really, Saquon com- comes into town with the biggest star than Derek because he was, listen, he was the number two pick overall.
2: Yeah, and in baseball, that's it, not it, much. It, right. I mean, not
0: much. I mean, you know what I'm saying.
2: It's not, it's not as recognized as no, recognized. as No, no.
0: You're the number two pick overall in the NFL draft. It's like oh,
2: was Jeter the number two pick? No,
0: no. I think oh. I think Jeter was four or six. Okay, six. but
2: but regardless, you no, know what I'm saying? No, no. But in baseball, who cares if you're fourth yeah, or sixth yeah, I mean, yeah, you're a great no, player. No, yeah, you were
0: going to the minors, and yeah. y- y- you know, but yeah, number Seguon two. Saquon came in and with his feet planted on the ground, and I, I said to him, "Where's that come from?" I mean, you know, he says, "My parents, and you know, I was just taught to be me," which, quite frankly, is sure. the same way Eli was taught to yeah. be me. And and you know, uh, listen. If t- his two idols were Eli Manning and Derek Jeter, and how to conduct yourself, he's got some good. Uh, well, he's showing there. he's
2: showing the way to do it. And one, I love when he when when the team when he the team loses, and people ask him about his accolades and all the records and stuff. It doesn't matter to him. You know, he's gonna make he's gonna break the, he's gonna break all the records um, in in this franchise eventually if he stays healthy. Oh. Um, he's yeah. just. There. I, mean, I was looking in the paper the other day, and it said. Um, You know, again, I just dated myself, Russ, with the paper. Not many people read the paper that much. I I still do. I know you do. Hence, there's there's a stack of them right right here. Stack of them right here. But uh, you know, just the rookie records from that he broke last, that uh, the Redskins game coming out of that game. These are the records that he broke, and it's, I mean, it's it's four, five, six of them. Um, Touchdown records, and he's a unique player, and he's uh,
0: very. Uh, impressive young man. Let's let's and put it that you,
2: way. And, to, and talking about Saquon. Is that you know coming out of the bye? We're, we're trying to figure out what 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 has changed and this offense is now going through Saquon Barkley. That's that is what changed um, and No doubt about it. This is way that it's going to be and you know if, if if you can run the football then Odell Beckham and Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram who had a good game last week you're gonna get the yeah. football but the offense is going through number 26. No, you're right. But another thing
0: that's changed coming out of the bye was the improved, the line. significantly improved yeah. play of the offensive line. Yeah,
2: and they've been able to now start some games uh, together, and they, they're getting to know each other. Um, you know, there's always that sixth sense of an offensive lineman when you're have when you playing next to each other that you, you can, number one, The linemen are a very cohesive group. They do everything together. And in a game, the longer you play next to each other, the more you kind of have that sixth sense of you're going to – you don't have to tell him to do something. He just does it, and you know he's going to do it. You could ask Deal and O'Hara and all those guys. That's that sixth sense that you get when when you're next to some guys for a long time. And a long time is only seven weeks now. Yeah.
0: Jeff Eagles. I'm Russ Salzberg. 201-939-4513 is the number. Before we open up the phone lines, want to remind everybody, Big Blue Kickoff Live here is presented as always by Coors Light. So download the Coors Light Rewards app to win yourself amazing Giants prizes throughout the remainder of this season. And now let's open up the phone lines again. 201-939-4513 is the number. Let's check in with our good buddy in Delaware, Coach Marvin. Hey, Coach, how you doing today? You're on with Russ and Jeff.
4: How you doing, Russ? How you doing, Jeff? Very good, right, sir. Good. How are you? What's up? Hey, I'm um, uh, just going to go over what you guys was talking about, um, talking about Saquon. I kind of was preaching that through the summer to take Saquon over the quarterback. <clears throat>
5: um,
4: but uh, as I look at this team, talking about Saquon and um, Odell, <clears throat> actually they're the two most explosive um, giant players I've ever seen. And I've been a giant fan since 75. Looking at all the backs and the receivers, I've never seen us have a duo as mm-hmm. as these two. Um, Odell being what I call must-see TV. Anytime he's on, you want to see the game. But as far as Barkley, I believe Barkley, I mean, this is just how I feel about the kid. I believe not only he, he's uh, being the leader of the Giants um, franchise and is going to be there, but I think he's going to be the face of the NFL because of his personality, how he goes about the Good point. game yeah.
2: and how he performs. Sure. Why not, right? You, I mean, you, you know what, uh,
0: Coach? Yeah, you, I'll tell you what. They would love, you know, with cer- certain problems that they have with certain people, boy, they would love uh, for uh, uh, Saquon Barkley to be the face of the league. And especially
2: being a New York team, oh. that's, that's big. Big time. Yeah. What yeah. else?
4: I mean, you, you, you put them in with the, the people like um, – um, that um, just lost my train of thought. The quarterback up in New England, uh, Brady. Brady. You know, the way Brady carries himself, he's sort of the face of the, the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I can say that Barkley is, can be that same type of person, and probably just as better. Yeah,
2: uh, you got a so lot of you got a lot of young young talent. Young players this season. When you look at Patrick Mahomes and you know uh, Jared Goff and now Saquon Barkley, a lot of good, good young football players that are gonna start to take over the face of the of the league now that these old old guys are getting out. Like I mean, you know Tom Brady's 40 years old now. You got Eli Manning that's approaching 40. So you got a lot of older guys that are leaving, and you got the new crop of really some young talent coming in here and playing some amazing football.
4: Right, I agree. Uh, the other thing I was going to talk about is uh, the difference between the 1 and 7 and the way they're playing right now. Obviously, you both had a, uh, I agree with both. The offensive line play, you can see now that there are creases where he can make cuts, and it holds a lot faster than he was when in the first eight games. And there's not a lot of leakage in the offensive line, where I mean by – where there's an offensive line totally misses his block and a guy gets in the backfield before he can even get his. As soon as he gets the ball, there's a guy there he has to sidestep to get by. That's not happening as much in the second half of the season. So I, I said the offensive line has changed the attitude, has grown um, throughout the team, especially a little bit onto the defensive side of the ball, and with um, Saquon running the ball. I think the offensive line is the key to the whole second half of the season. Um, You can see it, and as I always say, body language tells a lot. Your body actually tells you what's going on with your team or what's going on in the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And you can tell their body language is different. Everybody's shoulders are high, heads are up. And I saw something this weekend. I I don't recall ever seeing before. It could have happened but i would never seen it before that I can recall. I saw Eli Manning in a celebration. <laughs> no,
2: yeah, we did. Yeah. I don't know if y'all remember yeah.
4: that. No, no. I somebody...
2: No, I don't remember a celebration that Eli was involved in other than the one that happened this weekend.
4: <laughs> right. So he normally, you I know, mean, he gives a high five. you like, yeah. you know, somebody hit each other. But I actually saw him in the end zone. They were doing that, like, that photo shoot. Sure. right, yeah, they right. Do I've never seen Eli in one of those, and he was actually in one of those <laughs> this weekend. So yep. you know that they're having fun, and the body language tells a lot of how they're playing. Yep. Um, for me, I'm not worrying about uh, – I wouldn't get caught up in the playoff thing. Just just play.
1: That's right, and have
4: just play. Fun.
1: Yep.
4: And whatever happens is going to happen. And, um, again, for them, uh, for us, we can all talk about last week's game and celebrate it. But I think for them, they need to let it go, concentrate on this week's game, because the Titans' defense is going to be another battle. And it'll be interesting to see how the offensive line um, plays against them. And this could be where we see uh, consistency in our team. And that's what we're looking for, consistency. If the playoffs come, they come. But we shouldn't really be talking about it.
0: All right. Okay, Coach. As always, thanks, buddy.
2: We'll talk to you again soon. Well, you know, as a coach, as a coach – and i don't know how long he's coached but obviously i think probably a long time there's something that coaches always pick up on and that's body language because it really is i mean you yeah. have kids we all have kids you can tell when something's wrong with what's them. the problem what's yeah. your problem yeah. or you just look at them and you know it's, it's, i don't, it's, I don't it's,
0: have a problem yes you do what's your problem <laughs> walking around with that sour puss on it there's a problem no you're right you're right no
2: you, and body language is big and you know a lot of people can feed off of that sometimes too you know you can take advantage of that Um, In certain ways. So this Giants team, when you're winning, body language is pretty good. When you're one and seven, it's not very good. No,
0: like like, you know, (laughs) Coach said they're having fun. When you when you're one and seven, it's not a whole lot. Oh, and you love this, Russ,
2: because you know being around the building as long as you've been. See, this building takes on the whole attitude of the team. So you talk about body language when one and seven. This place, you don't want to walk in the, in the building, folks. Let me let me tell you, <laughs> Jeff, right? Jeff hits
0: the nail on the head. Last year at three and thirteen, this was like walking That's through a t-
2: tombstone.
0: <laughs> we were waiting for Doc Holliday, gunfight at the OK Corral with the Clanton gang. Yeah, no,
2: it's it's now it's you know I tell no, you're you, right? And, and these people that you know, God bless everyone that works here. It's just a great organization. They 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 suffer through it just like everybody else, but they also they appreciate the wins and they and they celebrate it just like all the other people do too so Uh, jeff brings out a good point folks because let me tell you at one and seven you know
0: it's a case of misery loves company the Mm -hmm. entire building is miserable when that happens 201-939-4513 is the number let's go down to baltimore and check in with uh shakes how you doing shakes shakes. what the heck you gonna i have not talked to you in so long i was just gonna say that where you been all season
6: What's going on, fellas? What's man? going
2: uh, on, Shakes? First of all, I hope, I hope you and your family are doing well. So I know last year you were going through some stuff, so hopefully everything has worked out, my friend.
6: Yes, thank you. Yes, yes. Um, a lot of things going on in my lifetime in this <laughs> <laughs> this wonderful year that we had. But, um, you know, everything is looking up, and everything is looking good for good. me right now. So, yeah. you know, thank God.
0: Um, what do you got, Shakes?
6: Here's the thing, right? I haven't called all season long. I had people tweeting me and, and fans tweeting me like,
0: when are you going to call
6: back in? When are you going to call in BBK? We need to hear you. Um, but before I go into that, uh, shout-outs to the Shakedown Show. Um, I, I don't know if y'all listen. I, I, y'all should. If, if you haven't listened before, I'm talking to you, um, Russ, and, and, and Jeff. Uh-huh. If you haven't listened before, check us out. Um, blog Talk Radio backslash Dust Shakedown. That's D-A Shakedown.
2: <laughs> shakedown, sure. I like that. Yeah. Okay.
0: Well, in, no the, in the meantime, Shakes, what do you got shaking right now?
6: Got you. Got you. So I'm getting to this, right?
0: All right. Get so, to it. So now here's the thing.
6: I had to get that off, and shout out to all my crew. But um, let me Let me break this down because I haven't called all season long okay now the one in seven start was so nauseating okay it, it, it was horrible I could not even go to my job without people saying something to me and and, and laughing and, and, and all types of stuff okay I mean I had I went through it all and I told I told everybody at the buy and I a lot of people thought that I was delirious. People thought that I was just a uh, 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 real strong fan. People thought that man, maybe I didn't smoke some bad stuff. Okay?
2: <laughs> be careful of that bad stuff. Unfortunately, you didn't. I told, I told did
6: everybody <laughs> at 1 and 7, I said, yo, we are not out of this. We are not out. We still have a chance. And this second half of the season could be had. Okay. All right. Well, and, close. and sure enough, we won, and we pulled off four out of the last five, and we should have beat them Eagles if we would have uh, stopped the run. That's another thing I don't like that we traded snacks because ever since people are just running up on us, but we couldn't stop the run in the second half against the Eagles, and we did not give the ball to Barkley. Also, what five times in that second half? We give it. We give it to him more. We 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 at five and zero oh at this um. After the bye.
0: And okay. The thing,
6: the thing about this is, and this is what I've been trying to say all season long, because people were sitting there saying, oh, Eli sucks. Eli needs to go. Eli don't have it no more. Blah, 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 blah. And I did not see that. I seen that this quarterback had no time back there to even breathe he couldn't even take an exhale he could, and he sacked okay or somebody's in his face
0: well, well all right. shakes listen my friend and, and as always thank you for the call we, we've been talking about this you know ad nauseum quite frankly but every all of us myself jeff dots every everybody uh john schmoke i mean lance david deal i mean
1: The
2: whole crew.
0: They, 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 everybody was writing them off. You you know, uh, you know. It's funny. I'm reading stuff today. Oh well, now the Giants have decided. Yeah, it's you know, Eli can be the quarterback because uh, with the running of Saquon, it opens up passing lanes. Hello, no kidding. (laughs) It's all connected. Just like the offensive lines connected. Everything is connected. Okay. This is not like reinventing the wheel. It's not like splitting atoms. It's common sense.
2: Thank God we're not doing that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Let's go to New Mexico. Check in with Scott. Scott. <laughs> Hi, Scott.
5: Hi, guys. How you doing today? Good. How are you
0: doing, Scott? Uh, I happen to
5: agree with both you, Russ, and uh, Jeff, that this team has had a complete metamorphosis from the beginning of the season. And one thing that's... I don't know if it's overlooked, but sort of underestimated is the value of the downfield blocking by the wide receivers. Mm-hmm. I don't think they get a lot of credit because Sterling Shepard has done a remarkable job.
0: You know what, Scott? He does it. A lot has was made about his block this this past week for Saquon. But let me tell right. you something. That little guy. When I say little guy, you know, in terms of wide receivers, he is you know on a small side. He gets his nose into blocking all the time. He's right. a very, very, very good blocker. Not not sometimes, all the time.
2: Scott, let me, I'll let you get back to your point. I just want to tell you something about the, the receivers and their blocking. Um, a lot of that comes from their coach, Tyke Tolbert, who was in Denver. If you looked at the Denver receivers over the past few years, they have been outstanding blockers. And he brought that philosophy with them with him from, from the, the Broncos to here. Cody Latimer was a guy that that came with him earlier in the season and went into IR. He was an he's an outstanding downfield blocker. He's right. the one that really taught some of these guys how to, how to do block. it. And so now that Russell Shepard and Steph and and Sterling Shepard and even Odell, let's give Odell yeah. some credit because he, he, he will block. But yeah. it does make a big difference. In the running game and even in the passing game to when some of these guys, other than the receivers, get the ball, one Saquon Barkley or an Evan Ingram, and your guys are blocking downfield, as long as they do it legally, you got a good chance.
5: Yeah, and and they've done it as a unit, which is even more impressive. That's right, Uh, that's right. A lot of the runs that Saquon's had, you can tell that the blocking downfield is just really outstanding. But I have a question about uh, whether the Giants can make the players or not. To me, this year, I'd love them to do it, but it's sort of immaterial because I always look towards next year and the improvements to be made. But there are a couple of players uh, on defense I wanted to ask you about, and they're playing well, but they're, they have large salary hits next year. One of them is Janoris Jenkins, and another is Olivier Vernon. Right. And they're both coming on now, uh, but they're going to be, I know, uh, Janoris Jenkins is owed $13 million next year. And no one really knows what Dave Gettleman and Pat have in mind for anyone. But I was just curious, based on their play in recently, you know, in the last couple of games, if you were the coach, would you bring these guys back, or do you think it's it's going to become a financial issue of some sort?
2: Um I'll go with the latter of the two. I think that that's okay. what's going to happen. It's going to come down to financials. Giants are going to have a lot of money under the cap next year. So, um, you know, and you talk about Eli Manning making $22 million under the cap next year. And you can go there. And what is he going to, you know, do you have to find another quarterback? Is this going to be too expensive? Giants are going to have a lot of money. So I think that one of those two guys um, could could stick around and still te- keep their salary. but. You know, it just depends financially what's going to happen with the team and where they're and their needs coming out of the season. There's still three weeks left. Uh, I I think what Jeff Jeff just hit the nail
0: on the head there. There still is three games uh, remaining to be played. Right to evaluate, right, and that the evaluation process continues. Right. uh, You know, Dave Gettleman went into the second half of the season looking at these eight games. This is a real evaluation process. I
2: think the I think the big the big question. Financially next year and a lot of people will speculate it. and most likely will happen is with Landon Collins is the franchise tag or yeah. the transition tag Right one of those two um, that you still have lingering out there now? You're not going to use it on any one of the two guys we just mentioned um, But you as a general manager have to Dave Gettleman wants production like right. any team does and if you're not getting it and you're making the money um, You know things happen that's, well, that's just one the of the nature. players
5: on the offensive line, Jamon Brown's going to be unrestricted, and I assume he's going to command quite a bit of money. And it's 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 obvious to everyone what he's been able to do on the offensive line. So, that, anchoring it and making it a more cohesive unit you know, just by himself alone, even though he hasn't yeah. played, you know, uh, what I would say would be, uh, you know perfect football but he certainly made a big difference. Yeah. And if you were general manager of a team and you have a player like that, and obviously he's going to command some some money. Is he the kind of player you re-sign for next year or do you go out in the draft and you look for somebody? Uh, I think I think
2: that's a good question and I, my answer to that is both. Yeah. I think that you know, we're, you want you don't want to take a step backwards and now all of a sudden you got to retool that offensive line again when you've had some some success if you will with uh, how the team has been playing going forward since Dubai and 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 since Jamon Brown has been here. I think Spencer Poley's another guy that's interesting. He's started to play better. One guy that – and I think you're going to agree with me, Scott, is that Nate Solder did not have a very good first half of the season. Right. Um. And I think that – and that's a couple couple reasons. I, I feel like where he came from and who Tom Brady is and who Eli Manning is, they're two different quarterbacks, obviously. But they play differently. Eli Manning and and Tom Brady have different dropbacks. Okay, so I think it took them a little while to get used to Tom to to get used to Eli Manning and how he plays. But he has turned it around. So to answer your question is, and I, I think they definitely need. And I haven't we haven't got into the draft yet, and I don't know how many guards and tackles that there are in the draft this year. Um, but I think it needs to be addressed. And I also think that Jamon Brown needs to come back because you don't want to. You don't want to disrupt that cohesiveness that you put together this last eight games of the season.
0: Thanks for the call, Scott. No. Okay, thanks, guys. You're I welcome. Thank you, it.
2: Scott. Yeah, I, I think you know no, it's no uh, coincidence.
0: Everything started to play better with the offensive line when he joined the team.
2: And he made a good point. He's a res- he's a restricted free agent, so that means he's you know he's going to have to. The Giants will will be able to to get a chance to to sign him. So. 201 939
0: 4513 is the number. Let's stick here in Jersey. Is it, uh, is it Predell? Yes. yes. Hey, it's hey, Pre-Dell. Pre-Dell. How Predell. How you doing, buddy? You're on with Russ and uh, Jeff. What's going on?
1: Uh, I think the Giants, number one, I love the draft choice. I'm glad we took Saquon. Yep. And three quarterbacks I would like to ask you about West Virginia, Will Greer, uh, the one from Ohio State, who just almost won the Heisman, and the quarterback from Oregon. Okay. Which one would you think of fit the Giants? Because that, they say they're not worthy of a, of a, you know the first top ten pick. So I think we still got to take a quarterback.
2: Well, I think if you want to, was, if, if you want a quarterback that's going to fit the system that's in place right now. It's the guy from Oregon and Herbert. He he's uh he's got a strong arm. He's tall. He's a pocket passer. He can run a little bit. Um, the guy from Ohio State, not you know, he's not a he's not a tall guy, but he's he's mobile. He's very mobile. Um, and then Greer, I, you know, I didn't see much about him. Just read a little bit here and there. But in my choice, I'm going for the guy from from Oregon.
0: I I would do the same thing, Predel, but Predel, but you uh, don't know if he's coming out. No, and, and you got to remember this. It's not what mm-hmm. Predell likes or what Russ likes or what Jeff likes. It's what Gettleman and, and Shermer like. And, and, you know, they got to like somebody. Well, they have it, to you,
2: really like you, somebody. No,
0: really like somebody. And if you don't really like somebody, in particular at the quarterback position in the first round, if you don't really like somebody, you're not going to pick them. You, you know, now I don't know what the answer is. You know, maybe they'll go, um, which is a distinct possibility. You know, in in the transition, you know, because Eli, number ten is going to be your starting center. Uh, you you I, be calling the signals I, behind center next year. So who? I agree. Yes, yeah, so, I,
1: I agree with that because I think they did good, and I think it's going to uh, tap down all the talk about. Let's see what the backup could do. We found that out, so it's no no need to even talk. Well, about in fair
0: listen, in fairness. Uh, and I, I don't think it's it's fair, Predell, uh, and thanks for the call, buddy, but I don't think it's fair to... It wasn't yeah, a he, good he, sample he, size. He, he, <laughs> he, yes, he was 0 for 5. But you know what? If he went 5 for 5, that, that didn't mean he was the next guy, the heir apparent either. It, it was it, it was garbage time. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I mean, and it was his first time, so I, I can't say yay or nay uh, on Kyle Loletta. I don't think that would be fair to Loretta or the Giants. You know, everybody was screaming. See, let me tell you something. Eli Manning screwed it up for everybody because everybody wanted to see, all the naysayers wanted to see, oh, let's let's bring in, you know, let let, let the Giants get... Let them when be, they're getting clobbered. They're knocked on their asses and, and they're on the other side of a 40-nothing score. Well, then we'll bring in L- Loretta. No, this was... 40 nothing lead, third quarter, end of the third quarter, Eli sits, Saquon sits, the whole narrative, all their storylines, what they were hoping to write, now you read today, oh, yeah, I guess Eli, now it looks like yeah, he's going to be back, and, you know, Gettleman it's going to be all giddy, and this is where they're going, and, yeah, I made a mistake. Eli should come back, but maybe he should take a pay cut. You know, everything's changed. <laughs> the narrative is all changed right now.
2: Yeah, and it's not fair to Kyle. Um, no, it's not. He, it, it really is You know, isn't. and at practice, uh, Pat Shermer is one of those coaches that doesn't give first-team reps to this backup quarterback, whether it's Alex Tanney or Kyle Lalletta. So he had you have to take mental reps there, and, and practice – practice. If you're not getting snaps into the center with the first team and you're thrown into a football game, you're expected to know the plays. You're expected to go out there and be able to run the offense. And guess what? The first time he got out there, they couldn't get the play right. They had to call a timeout, if you remember that. It was in the start of the first quarter. They had to call a timeout and if they showed it on on the, uh, the replay of of Coach Shermer saying, what what are you doing? So there's the first thing. The second thing is that it had 12 men in a huddle at one point in time. So there's <laughs> a lot of things that happen as a quarterback. It's the most difficult position to play in any sport, in my opinion. But it's tough to go out there when you, you have to prepare to play. But it's a lot different when you haven't been able to prepare underneath the center at practice. No, 100%. You know, so And it's different. You know, Today's practices are much different than the games, I can tell you that. The speed of the game is just the way things are happening. Uh, let's go to uh, Connecticut and check in with Marco. Marco, you're on with Russ and Jeff. Hey, Marco.
3: Hey, Jeff. Hey, Russ. How are you guys? Good. 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 How you doing, Mark? Good. Good show today, guys. I'm uh, just being on hold. I'm learning a lot. That um, very good. That point, uh, yeah, Jeff. That point. You, that um, coaching tip that you tipped off about uh, Tyke Tolbert. That was awesome. I didn't know that about his. Uh, you're welcome. What he and Latimer specialize in. So that was great to hear. Sure. Um, but, and then, so I have two questions, but that, that also brought me on to this is that it's clear, too, the team is responding to the coaching that's going on here, and they've bought into Shermer, which is evident now, what, what you just said with that, with the wide receivers. But I'm also seeing an improvement in special teams, two huge plays uh, last week and this week on special teams. Um, it's clear something great is going on with the offensive line mixture, uh, coach mixture. Uh, so I'm, I'm happy with what i'm seeing um sure here's my here's my two questions question one is uh jeff this is more for you do you think or have you been on a team have you ever been on a team uh in your career where you they started off poorly and then maybe the following season you really benefited from the winning that went on late in the previous season was there is there anything to a continuation or do you feel like they are really actually separate seasons and, um, yeah. uh, Okay. And then, and then, um, if you want to answer that and then I'll ask my, well,
2: I'm not, i and John and I do this show every Friday when I do a show with Friday, it's, it's, you know, did, did Jeff Fegels play with one of the, my memory is horrible. It's really bad when it comes to that kind of stuff. Like, I don't remember records of teams I played on and things like that. I do remember the year I was three and 13 with the Cardinals though. That had a, like a distinguished effect in my mind. How bad we were, but, um, I will tell you that I think it does have an effect going forward to a point. I don't think it's a big thing, but I think it's, a, it's more of a coaching point that they can make to the existing players that are on the team again next year. Hey, guys, this is how we finished. You guys did this. You did a great job at this. And the new guys that are coming in, this is the culture that we've built because of it. And so it kind of ties it all together. And I think it's coaching points that they make as far as the success and the not success of last year. So if that answers your question.
0: Jeff, Jeff, isn't it it true, uh, you know, also staying on the same situation that, um, you know, a coach can look at his players and say, okay, we were one and seven. And you see, though, we, you stuck with me. You are stuck with what we're trying sure. to do here. So now the players and everybody, we're believing
2: in the system. We're believing in the yeah. coaches. And therefore, you believe in yourself. Let me tell you something else that resonates in the locker room. <laughs> uh, when people lose their jobs during the season that are brought in here in the offseason and paid a lot of money, that resonates in the locker room that, hey, I could be the next guy. And I'm talking about Patrick Amame. Okay, he, yeah. he, you know, he got paid a lot of money in here to come play right guard and he didn't pan out and they cut him. Okay, so it doesn't, so that makes a big difference. Okay, and I think that Dave Gettleman is one of those general managers that's you're either put up or shut up and I, I'll get rid of you if you're not going to play. Okay, and that's, that's kind of has a distinct effect in the locker room. It really does. And, and, and in fairness, uh,
0: he, it wasn't his guy, but he gave him a clean slate, uh, Eric Flowers, and it didn't work out. So he said, okay. The, the, he cut his losses. They
2: hung on as long as, as they, they could. could,
0: and then they said adios. Yeah, that yeah. was that was the deal. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three. The number. Got to remind everybody once again. B- Big Blue kickoff live here, presented as always by Coors Light. Download the Coors Light Rewards app to win yourself amazing Giants prizes throughout the remainder of this two thousand and eighteen season. Let's go to Rose Hill now. Check in with Jimmy. How you doing today, Jim? Russ and hey, Jeff yeah. What's going on?
7: Uh, Russ, always a uh, pleasure to talk to you.
2: Thank you. Hi, uh, Jimmy. And
7: Jeff, uh, Jeff, it's twice in a week, so I, I'm, <laughs> a, I'm on a roll. You are on a giants.
2: roll. I love it. <laughs>
7: <laughs> you know, uh, I just want to follow up on, on. Uh, it's great being on hold because, you know, you go through your little checklist of things you want to talk about and, and people knock them off. That's okay. So, um, uh, what I'd like to come back to, Jeff, and uh, uh, is some... Uh, like with Marco, the previous caller, you know, how just people look at Shermer, and people made so many quick evaluations and yes, rushes do. to judgment about, uh, you know, about the man, his, his demeanor at the pot, all sorts of stuff. You know it, yeah, and I know it.
2: It's BS. But, is what it
7: is. Um, I think another th- a thing that, though, I think the average fan overlooks when they're trying to quote-unquote evaluate a coach is not just the guy standing on the sidelines, who in this case is also calling the place, but what kind of a staff. Does he put together, and that staff is, is a is a is a, a way for the public to also get a, another insight into just what the head coach's philosophy as to how a team should be constructed, and I think um, in particular I I can't get over night and day the special teams, and if you think about last week's game in particular, um, remember those first couple of series. I mean, I mean they. I mean the offense looked like you know yeah. nothing they just came out they were kind of flat fortunately redskins had nothing on offense the defense you know didn't even uh, allow washington to think they were in the game and then boom we get the special teams uh, you know play down there on the 2 yard line interception and it was like a spark went off and and yes there was these kids these guys are out there and there a lot of veterans young guys a mixture but still special teams is is so much of it is coaching and um, I don't know the special team coach's name, but, you know, Gettleman and Sherma, there's something about him that they said they want him to coach mm-hmm. the type of special teams um, that, that we've seen uh, actually the whole season, not just, not just recently. Yep. I think people have been paying more attention to them recently, but they've had a good solid season. But anyway, Jeff, I know being a special teamer yourself, yep. it's probably heartwarming to see that.
2: Well, listen, they didn't have far to go to get better because they were the worst last year. Um, but Terrence McGahee is the special teams coordinator. Okay. Um, Terrence McGahee was also the assistant special teams coach under Tom Quinn when I was here. Um, So they brought Quinn is back and they also brought Tom uh, Quinn back to handle some of the uh, coach McGay He's been going having some health problems a little bit So he's off and on once in a while so they wanted to have Tom Quinn who has a familiarity with the with the uh, the roster and obviously being the coordinator in this league for a Long time. So so they basically work together Um, And their special teams is is built this year was built from one Dave Gettleman He -hmm. has a high priority about special teams. Okay, um, he was on the staff when I came here um, with Ernie Accorsi. He said, Listen, we got to have a punter, we got to have a new kicker, and we got to have a new snapper after that San Francisco debacle in 2002. Um, yeah. <laughs> so they went out and got special teams players. They went out and got Dominic Dick, uh, Hickson, you know, guys that make big differences. But what happened was you get. Are, are, uh, you get a philosophy coming from the general manager. Your positions are linebackers, backup linebackers, and receivers are your special teams guys, usually your core guys. You might throw a mm-hmm. safety in there. Look at who's making the plays this year on special teams. It's that receiver crew. you got you got Shepard who's making it. you got Hamlet. All these guys that are making these plays are backup receivers. You, you know, uh,
0: um, when Russell Shepard caught the touchdown pass uh Couple of weeks ago, from um, caught one last week too. Yeah, from um, Odell. You yeah, know, the the fifty nine yeah. yarder, and everybody was around his locker, Jimmy. You know, asking him about it, and and Russell was proud to say. I've made my career, I make my living, oh, my pride is my special teams.
2: Well, there you go. And There's and a I, guy that gets he, it. He,
0: he brought it up. Nobody yeah. brought it up. They were talking about the touchdown catch. He says, no, 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 my, I make my bread and butter. I mean, he's more proud of, you know, that play. Uh,
2: the down on the ball. Yeah, down yeah. on the ball. That was, yeah. to me, That yeah.
0: that's his play of the season. His
2: fourth and fifth and sometimes sixth receiver. Um, and, you know, those are your gunners that run down on, on, on punt team. They're the guys that are returning kicks, and they're also the guys that are covering kicks on kickoff. Um, Coleman's another guy, the return game. Look at the return game, Jimmy. You're getting positive yards on punt returns, whether it's a 9, 11, 12-yard returns. Those are first downs for your offense, okay? And the second thing is, is that, yeah, you can take a knee and get it to the 25, but Coleman's getting the ball out to the 30, 34, 40-yard line. Those are great starting positions for your offense and and really it builds that kind of that that good momentum going for it. And I haven't even mentioned Aldrich Roshaus yet, oh, yeah. okay? All he should be in the pro bowl this year. He missed an extra point, for God's sake. Come on, Aldrick. What was Last going week? on
0: Sunday? It was like seven it's the extra field. points.
2: It's, oh, well, the whole league. The but whole I'm league you got that, something like seven the, extra points. The field, points. I could talk an hour on the field really? about the Redskins' field. It's a joke. Okay, yeah. so, I, meant but,
7: th- I was going to ask you about how we missed. How well, we went about missed. You know what? I, it's I, the field. I, I, it's I, the field. I, I feared even admitting this, but when they uh, scored their last touchdown and they were lining up for the extra point, I actually, you know, I turned the game off briefly to go to the red zone, whatever the hell it is. And I came back and I see the score is still 40 nothing. I said, (laughs) he must have missed an extra point. How did that happen?
1: Well, you know
7: what? happens. It's the
2: field. And then, of course, you got Riley Dixon that came in here and he's doing a heck of a job as far as placement and kicks. And he's the one that's putting those balls down there inside the five-yard line and making the guys make plays. And, um, you know, I used to make those plays, as you know, Jimmy. And I'll tell you what. The one guy that would meet me coming off the sideline when I was running to the bench was Strahan. And he would always say to me, yeah. way to go, man. They can't call all their plays now. When that ball's on the two-yard line, there isn't a big playbook. Yeah, everything, <laughs> no.
0: everything changes.
2: Thanks for the call, yeah, Jimmy. Jimmy. thank you so much. Hey, I, 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 Russ, yes. can I just mention
7: yeah. one, one real quick thing? Uh, you were talking about Barkley and Jeter, and all I can say is before I hang up is it's natural. Saquon's born in the Bronx, Let's keep that in Here mind. There you go. There you go. Take you. <laughs> All right, Jimmy. Bye. Yeah.
2: Th- th- thank you. you. You know, and you've re- got to remember, he's still like 20, what is he, 21, 22. Well, he can't he, be more than that, yeah. right? So I think this, go go back 10 years, and he's 10 years old. His, Eli and Jeter are his guys. Yeah.
0: No, this is like, wow, these are the guys. Yeah. Yeah, now head. now he's sitting there, you
2: know, now he's kicking the ball from Eli.
0: Shoulder to shoulder and their teammates you know i that's always thought crazy, that was yeah. you know that's quite uh that's quite something 21
2: uh, years old february 7th 1997 you know
0: you talk about riley dixon wow i i thank o- you dave i've always felt i've always felt that the most underrated job oh it's in us
2: football oh, there's no
0: question right no no i'm not <laughs> not, not just the,
2: pun- the punter the holder oh the holder too yeah Be-
0: because to me yeah. I mean, if you don't get it down, yeah. I, we know what punters do. We know what, thankless what the thankless job do. But for crying out loud, one little screw up on that hole, you be and serious. a lot of times you got to grab it high or grab it low or grab it off the ground. It really is. I, I mean, Bryce, I've been I'd be I've, tell,
2: I've been telling people this for years. The best athletes on the team are usually the punters. So yeah, I mean, you've been telling it. it, just nobody listens. That's all. <laughs> No, it's a crucial. It's the only thing. The only time you talk about the holder is when something bad
0: happens. <laughs> right.
2: So no, it's true. Yeah. I, I mean,
0: that makes some good plays. It gets and
2: taken for granted all the time. I'll tell you what. Real quick, talk about quick. Let me tell you the the time that the snap when when the when the snapper snaps the ball to the time the holder catches the ball and puts it on the ground and the kicker kicks it. Take a gander on how fast you think that happens. I will tell you that that it's less than five seconds. Okay. It's actually 1.3 seconds. 1. 1.3. 1,001. That's it. That's how fast a field goal or an extra point goes. Huh. L- listen,
0: I, I've, I've said that. Same thing with the long snapper. You, yeah. you know, it might 1.3 seconds. Nobody cares till, till it screws up. Then everybody cares. And
2: a punt is usually 1.9 to 2 seconds. So 1,001, 1,002. And that's that that's snapped, traveled 15 yards, caught, kicked in one, 2 seconds. All right. Quick. 201
0: 939 4513 is the number. You're speaking with Russ Salzberg and Jeff the Punter. <laughs> Let's now go out to Oakland, California, and check in with Mike. How are you doing today, Mike? Hi, Mike.
8: Hey, I'm doing great. How about you guys?
0: Good.
8: Hey, I'm, I just wanted to uh, point out a couple of things. And then, Jeff, I got a question for you. But sure. um the first thing I want to talk about is Olivier Vernon. And, uh, you know, it's been a crazy couple of weeks for me, so I didn't get on last week. But, um, I got. I got to talk about the play he made in overtime at the Chicago Bears game because, you know, it was um, looking like they were gonna, you know, have a chance to take the game. Um, You know, we really needed a play, and I turned to my buddy and I was like, I was like, you know, some eighteen million bucks a year. Like this is when we need Olivier Vernon to step up and make a play, and he pulls off a strip sack. So Mm -hmm. I just want to say, you know, some credit there because. Mostly, when we're talking about him, we're talking about the lack of sacks. But you know, that I'm not going to put him in the LT type uh, neighborhood yet. But no. but you know, uh,
2: not that's what not we not, not yet, not ever. I, I knew I'd get a comment out of. It. I knew this Russ yeah, would say something. Yeah, no, about listen, that.
0: I, and I love Olivier, <laughs> but no, don't say not yet, not ever. I mean, LT's in. A, okay, a
8: not ever, different not different ever. Terms. That's 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 true, very true. But you know, he did pull that off, and I was, uh, you know, I just was so happy when it happened, and I uh, just want to give him some credit. So. Um, and the other thing you know you guys have been talking a lot today about uh, how well the receivers are blocking, and you know i couldn't I couldn't agree more. Um, but I just want to put out point out from a coaching standpoint, they gave Sterling Shepard the game ball. He had like seventeen yards on two catches. That's I mean right. he had a touchdown, but like they gave him the game ball because of the way he's blocking, and that says a heck of a lot about how this coaching squad yeah. is you know is is reinforcing. Effort. the good stuff that yep. these guys are doing.
0: Well, you, you know what Sterling said? And, and it was, Sterling wasn't the only guy. I heard Michael Thomas say it after the game. Sterling said it. They all, to a man, are saying it. We're playing for each other. That's a very good thing. I mean, yeah. that that is sweet music to a coach's ears. We're playing for each
2: other. And we're, that, that's a united front. The other thing, too, about that blocking, that's contagious. It, it actually, now, oh, now yeah. people are going to want to one-up Sterling. They're going to want yeah. to go down and, you know, and they want to get a game ball because they can block. Some days they can't catch, but they can get a game <laughs> ball from blocking, which is fine. What was your question there, Mike? Well, I talked to you
8: um, last week, and I was kind of saying that I thought that our offensive line might be kind of closer than, than most people were thinking about it but, it, but it kind of depended on whether Spencer Pulley was just a, um, you know, a sh- short-term sub or whether he has the potential to be a bona fide starter. And um, you know neither of us had really had a lot of time to to really watch his play, and so um, you kind of pushed it back on me. But uh, I was just wondering if your opinion has changed at all if you've had a chance to really you know kind of watch his performance uh, in the last two games.
2: Well, I think he's getting better, and I think that comes with you know listen the guy started 16 games last year for the for the uh, Chargers. The Chargers. So he definitely has some experience, but. Um, I think that there's going to be a good competition there next next year, and I think that's a good thing. you got John Jalapio, who obviously won the job, was the starter, and then went out because of injury, and then Spencer Pulley, well, you yeah, had John Greco come in there for a while. But I think this will be really good for this team to have two guys that they feel can play, and you'll have a good backup Come out of one of those. Either it's him or, or Pulley or Jalapeo next year. So and,
0: and again, Mike, what what we've been saying all afternoon, there's an evaluation going on. Everybody's being evaluated. Yeah,
2: and I think that he's making a good a good oh. case to be able to compete for the job next year. Yeah, so w-
0: without question. Yeah, and I'll,
4: just
8: one last little quick thing. In case somebody else wasn't listening, is um, Paul Bettino said that Spencer Pulley was playing hurt last year. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's been. It seems to me like he's doing a heck of a job. And oh, there it you go. Took a couple yeah. games to get into the system. Yeah. So, you know, I got a lot of hope that maybe all we really need is a right tackle, and you know, we'll see how Chad Wheeler does the rest of the year. Sure. But okay. we got some competition and maybe some depth.
0: Right. All right. And Mike, he's young. Thanks, and he's young. Thanks for the call, Thank buddy. You Mike. Appreciate yep. it, Mike. Let's now go to uh, Middletown, New York, and check in. Oh my for, guy, Ray! Ray,
2: Ray. Uh,
1: Jeff Eagles, it's Ray Smaltz from Broadcast Bootcamp. How you doing, buddy? Oh,
2: I, I I know a lot of Rays, but I didn't think it would be this Ray. How are you?
1: Good, man. Good, and I just wanted to say how, how proud I am of. How oh, well, you, you've you done since uh, we worked with you over there at... Uh, since down screwing in, uh, it up down there in, 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 in Mount you've Laurel? Come, you've come a long way.
2: <laughs> well, thank you. It's uh, Listen, that was a lot of fun, and you guys set the stage for me, so I, I do appreciate that. Um, you know, it's a lot easier than it looks, that's for sure. <laughs> some days it's better, and some days it's not. Thank you, Ray. I,
1: I just wanted to go back to um, a point you guys are making about Saquon Barkley. If you guys... Go back and look at the TV copy. When uh, Curtis Riley made the uh, interception and took it in for the pick six, mm-hmm. right. you know he did he did that move where he acted like he was laying the ball up into right. uh, net. you know, yeah. into the rim. Okay. Yep. Uh, I don't know how they caught this, but the Fox director managed to catch Curtis Riley back on the sideline, and guess who was talking to him after the extra point. Sure, Barkley.
2: Yeah, he's just Barkley, yeah,
1: yeah. And, and and I will bet you dollars to donuts, Barkley was saying to Curtis, "Hey, dude, you made a great play, but you got to make sure you're crossing that goal line and that those guys' hands are up ah, in the air yeah, yeah. before you do any of that kind of <laughs> stuff." And that just that just goes to number one, the maturity of this kid, right? Yeah, yeah. and number two the kind of confidence that he has that he can go to a six- or seven-year veteran yep. and point something out, and that guy is listening to the rookie.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> you know what, Ray? You make a very good point, but remember something. Uh, with the, He has that confidence, not because he was the number two pick overall, but because he's playing like the number two pick overall. He's also been he,
2: in the end zone a lot more than Curtis Riley. Yeah, I, I, I mean, <laughs> he, That's for sure. you, you know, but he, listen,
0: he has born leadership skills. I love he it. wants to be the yeah. best. He wants to be the leader. Uh, listen, Ray, no one's going to dispute that, but it's a lot easier to go up and, and be that person and get everybody's attention when you're delivering the way he's delivering Ray, on the field. You've been
2: around football a long time. Who does he remind you of?
1: You know it's tough because you know I've been a Giant fan all my life. I've been listening to them since I was a kid, and so you know when I try to think of Giant players, I can't come up with a Giant running back right. because um, the the only guy that I loved when he first came to the Giants, and he came to the Giants via a trade with the Cleveland Browns when we absolutely stank, that was Ron Johnson. Okay, mm-hmm. but. But I think having sat down and actually talked with and interviewed Barry Sanders yep. over my years of producing football for Fox, mm-hmm. he is the closest guy to Barry Sanders in ability and demeanor that I've ever met. Yep, I, he, he likes you know, to
0: run like him. I, I'll tell you, the difference is he's a lot bigger. Yeah. Well. I mean, that's, that's what's you know striking about him I mean he's got those
2: jitterbug moves but he's he's a
3: big man he's
2: a big man and when you compare the two their balance is is just unbelievable (laughs) to me the way that he can 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 become become unbalanced and quickly get balanced you know he's got vision um and he's just getting better by the minute you know the game is coming uh the one thing about the professional level as you know is it's a look a lot quicker than playing at Penn State but that never has bothered him that much. Is he's just getting smarter? I think learning how to play the game of professional football at this level and being able to, to ha- take that leadership role, like you had said about Curtis Riley and him doing the finger roll. You know, the guy. What's more impressive to that, and if this is the case, is the fact that the guy's a six or seven-year veteran is listening to a rookie. <laughs> that right. kind of catches your right. eye. It really does. Thanks
0: for the call, Ray. we got to run,
2: Ray. Good talking to you. Thank Thanks you. for calling in, sir.
0: Well, I'll tell you something, Jeff. You, you know, listen. You were talking about you know, what this building's like. It's the same thing with the fans out there. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know. everything changes. It's not gloom and doom. It, it's y- You can't wait to talk on a Monday as opposed to, oh, here we go oh on a Monday. Man. Well, there were some or of those shows we were coming in no, on Mondays. Well, well, I did a lot of them on Mondays, trust me. Listen, you know, one and sevens, uh, you yeah. know, b- become very, very difficult. But, you know, to everybody's credit, in particular the coaching staff and the players, they stuck together. And, you know, pe- people... A lot of times, you know, some of the fans out there would challenge me. You know, Russ, you always say that nobody hates losing more than the players do, but where the fans no, i I still maintain that. Players are miserable when they lose. and And you know what? From a common sense standpoint, it's it's the competitive nature that they yeah. have, but, Jeff brought it up, but you have to wait all week to play again. That's what gets you. Yeah, and and it's also your livelihood. And and as Jeff brought out, when people see somebody's getting cut, they know it can happen to them real fast, and their livelihood is taken away. So I'll still maintain that. You know, that's, you know, coaches get hired to be fired, and that's a life that they lead, and they live that life. It's a tough. You know, no, no. Listen, no one's having. Tag days, uh, you know, sale days for them, you, you, you know, uh, or, or charity functions. But it's still a tough life to live. Yeah. And, and you know, they're they're in the spotlight all the time. But this team, coaches, players, they've stuck together. And as the players said after last week's they're game, getting better. They're playing for each other. They're so uh, better. Tha- I remember
2: Ray, by the way. Is that oh yeah, he's that? yeah, great guy. That's a great. That's a great program. You know. The broadcast is close it's in mount laurel where the nfl films they do the right. broadcasting boot camp for a lot of the players and you learn everything about it and you've done it all so it's 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 it's, it's amazing that you run the gamut there you're doing interviews you're doing this you're doing play-by-play you're learning how to interview how people you there for? you're there for five days oh is that right, right yeah i mean it is it's a detail maybe not five i think you come in the first day and you have three days there and then did you leave the, the whatever the fourth or fifth day did you get your money back yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it's its a lot of work and plus it's hard. I mean, there's listen, most of the guys that go there are just right out of their career right. and they're learning how to do it. So they don't have a lot of experience and they put you in with, um, you know, real people that are actually been in the business forever. And they're like, they're expecting you to work with you know, like the play-by-play thing we did, it was the it was the play-by-play guy for the Detroit Lions, yeah, for God's well, sake. Well, and we're doing color for it, the. It's, just it, like, it's learning under fire. It's learning under fire, well, but you, you you do. It's a, a great experience in the NFL. Really, you see the guys. Most of the guys that make it, they they are able to come out of that boot camp. It's pretty cool. Well, thank you,
0: Russ. You've done a good job, buddy. And
2: I thank you. And mm-hmm.
0: uh, thanks to our man at the controls, Dave Dominic, Jeff Eagles. I'm Russ Salzberg. As always, thank you to fans, and I will see you. Back here tomorrow on Big Blue Kickoff Live on Giants.com. Later.